If you guys haven't known, for the past couple of weeks, we have been in this conversation of Advent, the coming of Jesus. And for the past two weeks, Pastor Steve has been talking about hope and the importance of hope. And then the following week, it was about joy and the importance of joy. And today, I have the honor and the privilege of talking about peace. I think we need peace more than ever. (laughs) Yeah, someone felt that one. (laughs) So I want to ask you guys a couple questions. How do you find peace? How do you go about finding peace? Is it, is it, is it golf? Is it, is it fishing? Is it going to 30A, sitting on the beach? Is it going to Florida? How do you find peace? And when you find peace, how do you hold on to peace? What does that look like for you? Um, the past uh, year, um, I have an Instagram account believe it or not. And uh, for the past year, I have been locked out of my Instagram account. I was actually trying to do the, the dumb, stu- the two-step authorization thing so people can't log into your account. And I did the whole thing. I got the codes. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, the codes didn't work. So my last post on Instagram was December of 2022. And so if you look at my Instagram right now, it's the last post that I had. And so for the past year of 2023, I have been trying to log on, doing the whole facial recognition, emailing, doing all of that and getting nothing. And it wasn't until the last couple of weeks around Thanksgiving, I finally got in. I cannot tell you how amazing it felt. I was, it was like a Christmas morning. I was like, oh my gosh. I went and took my DMs. I had 20 DMs. That was pretty awesome. I was going through, but I noticed two things. One, I noticed that I was actually going through, and I missed out all of my friends' biggest moments. I missed out on their new jobs, their new locations, the new addition to their families, and new babies. It was kind of bittersweet. But also, I noticed when I was going through my feed, there were certain things that just didn't resonate with me anymore. It was kind of interesting. I was going through, and it was just kind of like, why am I following this person? Why am I following that? It wasn't anything crazy or immoral. It was just kind of like, why am I following this sneaker account again? I mean, I love sneakers, but I mean, like, why am I following this? And it just wasn't resonating with me. And it almost felt like it's just a bunch of, like, clutter, a bunch of mess. And the only way that I can explain this is, um, let's see here. So if you have kids, you know how this feels, or even just your, your, your bedroom, where you have a clean room, it just feels good right? When you have a messy room, it just feels like chaos, disorder, right? Kids come in, toys everywhere. I feel like when I came back to my Instagram, it was almost kind of like this. It was like a messy room. And I was just going through and like, I don't need to follow them. I don't need to follow them. What's going on here? Unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. And I started to realize, I was like, wow, I started to have this, this moment of peace. Have you ever noticed that whenever you try to get creative, they always tell you to make sure you clean your desk? Make sure everything is in order. Why? Because there's a little bit of harmony. You need peace to be able to have that kind of like able to tap into that creativity. Or even when it comes to feng shui, right? You need to, there's this arrangement of, 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 of furniture so that when you walk in, there's this balance and harmony, a.k.a. peace. There's something about peace. I think the reason, like even us realizing that we are off-centered, that, that indicator, our soul is indicating us that, hey, we are designed for peace. You're meant for peace. 
And this whole conversation of Advent, this is a reminder of a slowing down. That Jesus came into this world to give us peace. Now, this word peace, we kind of have to kind of go back a little bit, okay? And um, we have to do a little bit of history. So the word peace, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Say shalom. That's perfect. Shalom. And shalom basically means wholeness, safety, completeness, to repay, to make whole. There's no gaps. Soundness. Fullness. And Job, there's two examples. It's Job chapter 5, verse 24. And this is Job talking about, you know that your tent is secure. You will take stock of your property and find that nothing is missing. That nothing is missing is shalom. Another example of this is 1 Samuel 17, verse 22. It talks about well-being, your wholeness. He says, David left his things with the keeper of supplies and ran to the battle, line, the battle lines to talk to his brother and ask how his brothers, how they were. How was your shalom? How was your peace? Another way of seeing this, this is how my brain works, is like Lego pieces. That when you have like your life and finances and relationships and jobs and dreams and careers and all the little intricacies of life, when they all come together and they all fit, and you know when you have those Lego pieces, it's smooth, it's no gaps, your shalom is whole. You have peace. But the moment that any of those pieces break or something's missing, you've lost your shalom. You've lost your peace. There's something about this word peace that means so much to us. And I want you to lean in this morning, whether you're taking notes or whatever. Lean in and listen to what God is speaking to you about. Because I think a lot of us today, we need to remind ourselves of who peace is and what peace needs for us, for our souls. And so if you have your notes, get your notes out, your phone, write it down. If anything, go back and take down these verses so that you can go back and read it for yourself. There's something powerful here, and I believe that God wants to speak to us. So Jesus came into this world. He stepped, he stepped into time and history, took on flesh and blood so that he can give us these things. He came so that we can have peace with God. The first thing is peace with God. This is kind of crazy. That from the very beginning, Adam and Eve decided, you know what, we're going to do our own thing and decide that we're going to be our own gods. And the moment that they decided to make that choice, we have been at war with God. But ever since then, God has been trying over and over and over and over again, trying to get us back to him, reconnected to him. We, we have lost our peace with God. So finally, Jesus, God goes, hey, finally, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step into human history. I'm going to take on flesh and blood. I'm going to walk among you. I'm going to live a perfect, sinless life. I'm going to show you what it looks like to be human. And then I'm going to die on the cross. And the moment that he died on the cross, that war between us is no longer there. In Ephesians 2.14, it says, for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups, the Jews and the Gentiles, one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. There is no more. That God would step into human history so that we, you and I, can have peace. 
which is just fascinating, but at the same time so beautiful. There are all the other religions is about what you need to do to get to God, what you need to do to get to nirvana, what you need to do to get to this, this epiphany. Yet here the story of God is going, no, I'm going to step down into your time and space, and I'm going to bridge the gap between you and I. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing that there's a God that is willing to do that for us? So you have that one aspect, right? You have that one aspect where, yes, the moment that you cross that line of faith, the moment that you say, Jesus is Lord, and I am all in, the moment that you say, God, I give you my life, there's no turning back, I am all in, you have peace with God. There is no longer anything dividing between you and him. If God says, hey, I'm coming back tomorrow, you're Gucci, you're good, I'll see you in heaven. But there's also another part of this. For some reason, even when I was just preparing for this, this other aspect came from it. That if we're going to do this, if you're going to have this peace with God, you have to be all in. You just can't do this one foot in and one foot out. In James chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, this is the TPT. I think it's very beautiful. It says, when you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Now, mind you, this James, he's talking about trials and tribulations, that you should consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations, for it is the testing of your faith that develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work in you so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. And when you ask, you should ask and be all in, not wavering. But I don't... I believe this still applies to even when you want to begin this relationship with God. This has to be the foundation that Jesus came and stepped into human history so that you can have peace with him. But if you're going to do it, you've got to be all in. And this makes sense in every other sense of life. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out when it comes to your marriage and expect the fullness of marriage. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out of your business and expect the fullness of your business. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out when it comes to parenting and expect to be the parent that you need to be for your kids. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out when it comes to your dreams and expect your dreams to actually come to fruition. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out when it comes to dieting and expect to have the body of someone who's fully committed to dieting. You cannot have one foot in and one foot out expecting to have the body of working out, but you only come every once in a while. We know this in every aspect of our life. But when it comes to this, when it comes to your relationship with God, when it comes to having peace with God, yes, you're good to go. Yes, that's amazing. But also, you've got to be all in. You just can't have one foot in and one foot out, and it's just expected to somehow osmosis come into your life. So you've got to be able to be all in. Oh, and also dating. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You've got to be all in or don't do it at all. So what does this look like? Do you spend time with God? What does being all in look like? Or do you do what I used to do? I used to just come late and leave early. Or I would just go, hey, God, I'm going to read the Bible. I clocked in. I clocked out. I'm good. We're good. Perfect. Or is it tithing? I know. It's money. Oh, my gosh getting uncomfortable. But are we going, hey, God, I trust you with the 10%. I trust you with the 10% and watch. Watch how generative I can be with the 90. Watch how generous I can be with the 90, but I trust you. 
Are you actually taking from what happens on Sundays when we're hearing from Pastor Steve and we're going, hey, I'm going to apply this to my life. I'm actually going to take this and go home and I'm actually going to make this applicable to my life. Now, am I saying that you got to be perfect? No. Am I saying that you got to work for everything and now you got to work for your salvation or work for the peace of God? That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is if we're going to do this, you got to be all in. You got to have two feet in, two feet in. And watch what God begins to do in your life. So Jesus stepped into human history, took on flesh and blood so that we can have peace, shalom, wholeness, connectedness, safety with God. But he also came so that we can have the peace of God. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. It's verse 4, four chapter 4, 6 through 9. This is a doozy. This is a long one, but this is going to be very fun. So stick with me. So here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received in from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So let's do this. Let's break this down, right? Do not be anxious about anything. In one translation, it says, do not be, it says, um, don't be anxious, be careful. Take thought. I don't know about you, but whenever just life and stress and anxiety comes in, there has to be a part where you have to be mindful of what you are allowing into your space. You have to be attentive. Pay attention. Take thought. Again, this isn't something that's going to happen to osmosis. You've got to be aware of what is going on in your life. Be mindful. Pay attention. Because what's informing you is forming you. What you are allowing into your life is actually shaping your life. So you have to be careful. Be careful not to meditate on things that are just giving you way too much stress. I don't know about you, but just go down this rabbit hole. I had to delete TikTok off my phone because the homeboy, this dude was just complete stress, anxiety. I have this. I don't have this. I'm not a good father. That's a good father. What is it? That's a good family. I don't have this. I have less money. I have to do this. Roth I, I, I begin to fill my life up with all the stuff that TikTok tells me what I need to do and what, I, and what I'm not doing. And TikTok, the whole thing is to feed you more of what you're watching. So here I am just filling my life up and filling my soul and filling my mind and filling my heart with things that I'm not supposed to be carrying. I'm not supposed to be stressing. I have to be mindful. I have to be careful of what I allow in my space and in my mind. Whether it's social media, whether it's news, whether it's friends. We've got to be aware of what we are allowing into our life. We need to be like my wife, Ken's, when it comes to red dye 40. Moms, you know what I'm talking about. If it's a red dye 40, it is like, no. Mom will come out of nowhere and snaps that thing out. We've got to be aware of what we allow in our lives. And we can't be surprised when all of a sudden things begin to get out of disorder. When things begin to get a little messy, 
because we're not taking thought. We're not being aware. So take thought. Now, I'm not saying that those things that you're worrying about are not important or not real. I understand that. I understand that. Life can get stressful. It can be tough. But what I am saying is, like, don't ignore it. But just be careful. Be mindful of how you're letting these thoughts into your life. You are a container. And you have to be careful of what you're filling your life up with. So what do you do? What does it say? Let's throw that verse back up there. So what do you do? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Give it to God. Give it to him. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, for on him. For what? For he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. That word cast means to throw. Give it to him. And I think so many times when it comes to the things of our lives, when it comes to the stress of our lives, even to the, re- the, the real realities, we end up holding it. We end up taking it and going, I'll, I'll figure it out. I got it. I'll, I'll make it work. And what God is saying, no, 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 I need you to give that to me. I need you to give that to me because I love you and I want to watch over you. I need you to give that to me because that thing that you're holding is not going to bring you peace. That thing that you're holding is not going to bring you wholeness. It's not going to bring you safety. So here's a, a, a cool little trick. It's not a trick, but whatever. Um, verse 7. We're going to go back, right? This is really, really cool. This doesn't work all the time. So just be mindful of that. Verse number 7. Sorry, not First Peter. Philippians. We're going to read it, and then we're going to go backwards in verse 7. Okay, so don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this is verse 7. We're going to go backwards. And when you do that, when you give it to Christ Jesus, he will guard your heart and mind. And when he does that, what happens? He gives you an understanding that goes beyond. And what is left over? The peace of God. Isn't that amazing? That when you are going through moments of stress, when you're going through moments of anxiety, first of all, you need to give it to him. And when you give it to him, he says, listen, I'm going to guard your heart and your mind. I'm going to become a filter. I'm going to make sure that the things that are not supposed to be in your life are not going to be in your life. I'm going to make sure the things that are going to stress you out and bring you down, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to guard those. I'm going to filter those out. And then I'm going to give you a peace. I'm going to give you an understanding that goes beyond understanding it's going to be so beyond that word transcending means superior above and beyond it won't even make sense and you will be left with the peace of god i'm gonna be honest with you guys and a little bit vulnerable with you guys i am turning 40 in march of next year i know i don't like it no i don't look like you know black don't crack But this is like a very, very vulnerable thing. I am about to be 40, and I'm so thankful for my in-laws. But we live in the basement. And the thoughts, the stress, 
the anxieties of like you can't even provide for your own family. You're, you're living in the basement. You got a, you got a daughter. How can are you are you even like can you even do this? Like talk about stress and anxiety. Like that's something that I, you know. And um, but. A long time ago, I stopped trying to hold that thought. I stopped trying to hold all of that. And I go, God, I know that you love me. I know that you want what's best for me. So instead of me trying to figure it out, instead of me trying to go, no, I got this. I'm going to, do, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. And he's going to guard my heart. And he's going to guard my mind. And he's going to go, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a peace that doesn't even make sense. I'm going to give you a peace so that you can walk and live this life. And guess what? I'm telling you, I do have a peace. I do have a peace that goes beyond understanding because I know that God's in control. I gave it to him, and I trust him. I trust that he's going to take care of us. I trust that that, that house is going to come, that place of living is going to come. But one thing I'm not going to do I'm going to take ownership of the thoughts and the things that come into my mind. I'm going to go, no, I'm giving that to God. That is for you. And you will guard my heart and mind. And you will give me a peace that goes beyond understanding. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. Finally, verse verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, listen, if you're going to focus on anything, if you're going to go down the rabbit hole, focus on this. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Meaning, get creative. (laughs) Find out ways that how you can meditate on the good and the beauty of this world. Man, we are so good at meditating on the negative. Did you know that when it comes to your mind, when it comes to the bad things in your life, just because of how our brains are wired, it's like Velcro. You can remember every bad thing. But when it comes to the good things in your life, it's like Teflon, which means you have to work extra hard to remember the good things in your life. You're going to have to work extra hard to make sure that you keep hold of the things that are good, that is noble, that is pure, that is trustworthy, that is praiseworthy, that is admirable. There's got to be a part of you that goes, I'm going to take personal responsibility for my life. God is not going to take personal responsibility for things that you can do on your own. And the first part of that is actually taking ownership of allowing the things in your life. And you've got to be creative into how you think and meditate on the good things. Do you, boo-boo. Like, whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? If you've got to get up in the morning and you've got to have a journal and write down ten things to be grateful for, do that. If you've got to get up in the morning and you've got to get some sun, which is very important, and to, to, to bring a little bit of life into you, you got to go do that. If you got to go and go seek some professional help, you got to go do that. You got to take personal responsibility for things that you can do to make sure that you keep whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything. Think about these things. Do it. Meditate on it. You got to have a Bible thing, a music, whatever that is. Be creative. But whatever you do, don't focus on the negative. Fill your life up with so much good that you don't have time 
to think about the negative. Fill your life up with so much good that you don't have time to do anything else. A lot of people go, man, how do I, how do I stop sinning? How do I stop sinning? It reminds me of Adam and Eve, right? They had that one tree. Don't eat the tree, right? Don't eat the fruit. But I'm like, you also had a plethora of fruits and trees and the whole garden. It's almost like, hey, listen, if you don't want to do the things that you don't want to do, focus on the things that you can do. And fill your life up with so much good that all of a sudden you don't have time to do anything else. You don't have time to, med- to, to meditate and to go down the rabbit hole of anything else. Whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, think about these things. But also, love this. Practice. <laughs> you got to practice. You just cannot do this one time and expect to somehow everything is going to just fall into place. You've got to do this over and over and over and over again. You've got to start building that muscle. What's really interesting is in Luke chapter 6, Jesus is actually telling a story, a parable. And he goes, hey, listen, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you actually don't do anything I actually tell you? You actually don't do, you don't practice any of the words that I tell you. And he goes, let me tell you what happens to a person who hears my words and puts them to practice. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. He goes, he's like a person who's building for a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation so that when the storm comes, his house will not be destroyed. Now, that word destroyed has nothing to do with shalom, but I wouldn't be surprised if the house meaning whole, the house is complete, the house is sound, that when you begin to practice the words of Jesus, it is like your house is whole, it is like your house is sound, it's almost as if he is saying you can have peace in the middle of a storm. When you begin to practice and you begin to actually take the things of the scriptures and you apply it to your life, not just one time, not just two times, not just three times, but you practice over and over and over and over. Watch how you become a little bit stronger. Watch how you begin to grow in your faith. Now, As beautiful as Christmas is, as beautiful and how pretty it is, I love how my daughter, this is her Christmas, and we have this little thing, and we can scan the phone, and Santa Claus talking about being nice. She's not old enough to understand it, but one day she will. I hope she can understand it. She needs to know how to be nice. I know that the holidays can bring up some tough stuff. I know that the holidays can bring some stress, some anxiety. I know that sometimes um, the holidays can remind us of loved ones that are no longer here. Um, Marriages and relationships that are beyond repair. And I hope, I hope I'm not coming across as like, this is just a quick fix. Because I, I... What I do know, and excuse my language, sometimes life just sucks. And it's just tough. And I'm not going to pretend here and go, hey, I have all the answers, and this is, and your life is going to. I don't. 
if anything, I know myself and the people here who serve at Vintage, if that is you and you are having a hard time, I know that what we can do is that we can stand at the edge of the dock with you and just be with you. But I also know the one thing I'm supposed to do is point you to Jesus because he is our peace. He does make us whole. He does bring us safety. He does make us complete. And I think the reason why Paul is saying practice is because when it comes, sometimes when it comes to heaviness, you're going to have to do this more than once. This isn't going to be a one and done for all. This might be a thing that you have to do over and over and over and over and over again. So, so far, we've learned that Jesus has stepped into this world. He has took on flesh and blood, came in the form of a baby so that you can have peace with God, so that you can have the peace of God. But he also came so that we can become peacemakers. That this peace that he talks about, yes, he gives it to us. Yes, it is for us. Yes, he wants to make us whole. He wants to make us complete. But at the same time, we have to make sure that we go out and we bring, we, we bring peace into every space that we step into. In Matthew 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So this, this, this can't be just for us. It can't be. Yes, he wants us to bring us wholeness, but ultimately he wants us to bring shalom to the spaces that we occupy. And I love, I love how Vintage does this with, with, with the foster care. That they're bringing shalom, they're bringing peace to these kids. They're fighting for these kids. What are the places in your life what are the spaces in your life that you were supposed to bring shalom? That you were supposed to bring wholeness? The other day I was driving as I was preparing for this. And you know when you're just like in traffic and you have that line and you're just sitting in front of that car and then you begin to memorize the car and you begin to have a relationship with this car. You know the messiness of this car. You know all their stickers. You memorize your license plate. Like, you and this car, Jeep, we're in a relationship now. For the five minutes that we've been in, it's been great. Then all of a sudden, Tesla over here wants to come in and scoot on in. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know how you speed up a little bit. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, no, bro, like, we've got a thing going on. Who are you to come in and just kind of, like, disrupt this relationship? Like, I know them, right? We've been through so much these five minutes. But I remember I was driving, and as I was preparing for this, this thing said, Jamar, are you being a peacemaker? And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I am not being a peacemaker. Come on in, come on in. And I know it's so small. It's just a car. <laughs> but I'm practicing. I'm practicing. 
It may not be a car, it may be, but it may be something with my family. It may be being the husband that I need to be. The, know, the moment that I know that I can either push this conversation to another angle or I can actually be a person that brings wholeness. I can be a person that brings peace into this moment. He gives you peace, but he also leaves you peace. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I love that. My peace I give you, but my peace I leave you. Meaning there's a sense of ownership. Meaning what are you doing with the peace that God has given you? Are you keeping it for yourself? Are you actually going through the spaces going, how can I bring peace to people around me? Jesus came into this world, took on flesh and blood so that he could bring us peace with God, peace of God, and to make you peacemakers. I don't know about you, but the past few years have been a little bit of chaos. And I think more than ever, we need to bring peace to this world. And how we do that is through you and I taking this and going to our coffee shops, to our jobs, and our relationships, and to every space you occupy. Don't let the space you occupy be be belittled. What would it look like if you said, no, I'm going to be a peacemaker? That's what God wants us to be, peacemakers. Um, I forgot to tell you this. But I, I was researching this, and I thought this was really, really cool. There's this word, so shalom. If you look at the, the actual physical word of shalom, the picture, it's really beautiful. That's it right there. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I know Hebrew, <laughs> so I'm not. Um, and so I'm just going to read the word. I'm not even going to pronounce it because I'm going to botch it up. But this is the word shalom. Now, obviously, you know in Hebrew, you read it from right to left. And so the next word, the first word that you have is teeth. That that represents teeth, meaning to destroy. And the next word, the next letter is that symbol. It's a shepherd's staff, meaning authority. The next one means to connect or attach The next one means waters, flood, chaos. So if you put that all together, shalom means to destroy the authority that attaches to chaos. So shalom meaning peace. And who is peace? Jesus. Jesus is the destroyer of the authority of chaos. If you're looking for peace in the middle of chaos, if you're looking for some type of, I need help, you need to go to Jesus. Because he is the prince of peace. He is the one that will give you a peace that goes beyond understanding. We're going to have the, the band come up. and If I get this right, I'm not fully sure, but I, I know that in Jewish traditions that what they did was whenever you would meet each other or greet each other and say goodbye, it was always shalom. So if you saw each other, shalom, meaning peace. Give you peace. I hope that you have peace in your life. You have wholeness in your life. And the same when you depart from each other, you go shalom, meaning I hope I give you there's peace in your life, wholeness in your life. And so what I would love to do today 
is I would love to say a blessing over you. The same way that Paul ended his letter in 2 Thessalonians, I wish that I could repeat those same words. That whatever you're going through, whatever this holiday season, if it's crazy, if it's chaos, if it's disorder, if everything is just a hot mess, I pray that you would step into and have the peace that God desperately wants to give you. Because that is who he is. Is that he is peace. He is wholeness. He is connectedness. There is no gaps. That is the power of who Jesus is. And so if we can all stand. This is in Second Thessalonians 3, verse 16. It says this, and I say this over you. I say that these words would pass over you and that these words would come into your life. And I pray that through these words, not through my voice, but because of the power of the scriptures, that you would have this, this conversation, that something would begin to shift in your heart and shift in your soul. That you would be reminded that when you step and you have a relationship with God, when you have this relationship with Jesus, that he would give you a peace that goes beyond understanding. He will guard your heart and your mind. So I say this over you. Now may the Lord himself, the Lord of peace, pour into his pour into you his peace in every circumstance, in every possible way. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. I'm going to say it one more time. Now may the Lord himself, the Lord of peace, pour into you his peace in every circumstance, in every possible way. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much. Thank you for just uh, the ultimate love story that you would step into human history and, and, and do this for us. Thank you that you for uh, this, this season of Advent to remind us that you, again, are our hope. You are our joy and you are our peace. That we are designed for peace. We are not designed for chaos. We are not designed for messiness. We are not designed for disorder, but we are designed to be whole. We are designed to be connected, no gaps. And so, God, I pray that if there's anybody right now, anyone who is just having a hard time, anyone who is stressed out, anyone who has anxiety, anyone who just has, uh, my life is a mess, I don't know what to do, I pray, God, that they will just begin giving it to you. They would cast all of their cares, all their anxieties, everything to you. Why? Because you love them and you care over them. And I pray, God, that the moment that they do that, I pray that you would step in and that you would guard their heart and you would guard their mind. And you would give them something, just this, this undeniable, transcendent understanding of peace in their lives. Where they go, it doesn't make sense. I don't know how I got here other than I began to have this conversation with this person named Jesus. So God, we pray that this room would be filled with your peace. And I pray that not only that we would be filled with your peace, but we would take your peace and we would go all over 
every space that we walk, in every space that we occupy, that we would become peacemakers and that we bring wholeness in every room we step into. And Jesus, in your name, in your name, we can only do this in your name. In your name we pray. Amen.